Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Apologetically Me. I'm Aggie. I'm Wanda. And we're going to talk about our loss of career ambitions or our gain of real-life work balance. Um, but before we get started, Wanda, tell the people what you got going on. So my update is Jordan is an old man, and he has now joined all of us in the realm of back problems. Hmm. Club is me, Nick, and now Jordan. Um, basically, he was at the gym, he was deadlifting, he pulled something, and hasn't really felt great since. And then he was starting to feel a little bit better. Like his back was like pretty much healing and like he was doing all the things that he was doing before, went to go put on his shoes and felt like he repulled that muscle again. So he is back to back pain. And this is the stuff that stays with you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I am very sorry, Jordan. Also, I will never do a deadlift anymore. I mean, that's what got you. You do them the second time, right? That's how. No, the first time. The first that's time too. Oh my god! But it wasn't like the deadlift that got me. What got me was putting it back, pulling off the weights mm. from the deadlift. So I think I was in a rush. I wasn't like doing it properly. I wasn't lifting from the legs. But the like deadlifts are like safe if you do them properly and that's why ladies we don't deadlift no jk it's like great but also like i just don't even do it anymore you should work on it for your posterior chain because i'm sit all the time and it is good for you if you sit all the time and i think that's one of the reasons why we're so prone to back injuries as well just because we spend so much of our lives sitting working in like office jobs so mm-hmm. I agree. Last week, I was in so much pain because, like, I was working, like, more than usual, I guess. So I was just sitting most of the time. And then I was too dead to go to the gym. So literally just constant pain. Not the good kind of pain. So sorry. Like, when you go to the gym, is like, the good kind of pain. Uh, It's like, ah, my muscles, they're they're stretched out. They're, They're worked. Okay. And then when I'm just like not doing anything, it's like I'm not building muscle. I'm just in pain from sitting. Yes. Okay. That's fair. Um, that's not where I thought you were going to go with that. <laughs> so thank you for clearing that up. You thought I meant the NSFW pain. I sure did. <laughs> I was like, wow, you're being so open and honest today. Mm, <laughs> I'm open and honest, <laughs> but like not where you think I'm going. <laughs> Okay, what's your update for this week? Um, well, I, I was, like, on the fence about making my beef my update, but um, I guess, like, it can be, like, a two-in-one kind of thing, or I'll think of something else. But my update is, uh, okay, so let me, let me, why, weave the tale. So it was Lunar New Year yesterday, um, and, like, we were all just, like, chilling, like, we had a nice lunch together, and then we had a dinner together. Um, and at lunch, we just happened to be talking about driving. My mom decided to bring up all these car accidents and like play devil's advocate and was like, so was this really like not your fault or were you like lying? And she said the same thing about me too. And then she said about, and then she like brought up when my brother like hit, like a backed up into a pole in like my mom's brand new car. Um, 
and I was like, hi, I've never hit a pole. And then my mom mentioned like her, how her friend has hit like five poles, like just in her car and stuff. Um, and I was like, whew, that has never happened to me. So then fast forward after dinner, me and Nick go home. We didn't get home till like 2 a.m. Um, because it was so late and I'm in my mother's brand new car. I'm pulling into my parking spot in the garage. There is a pole next to it. I've never hit this pole before in my life. I have pretty good like eye hand ratio or whatever it is with my car. Um, and out of nowhere, I hit the pole and I was so sad. Now there is a blue scuff up mark on my car. I'll send you a picture later. Um, and this devastated me and I am very sad. I am my own beef. I also think I jinxed myself by talking about it and thinking how perfect I was. And I was telling Nick that this was literally the only thing I had big dick energy in in my entire life. And now it's all ruined. I have no more big dick energy for any aspect of my life. And Nick was like, maybe this was good to humble you. And I was like, I don't need to be humbled. I'm humbled in everything else. Um, so yeah, so I sent a message to my family group chat. My brother was like, ha ha ha, now you're like me. Um, and my mom was like, I think she's sad. She's like, okay, well, I think we can like try to fix this without going to an auto body shop. Like she thinks we can put like some sort of like black liquid on top to cover it up. And I was like, it's like kind of scuffed up. So I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, sad vibes only. It would be remiss if I don't mention that one time when you were backing out of like a parallel parking spot or something and there was like a big crunch noise and we were all like oh my god Maggie you hit a car and then Maggie was like no 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 no, no. it was ice it was ice in the end mm -hmm. but she was mm -hmm. so confident and none of us like no one else in the car was confident mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's really sad to see you humbled like this I know this is truly the end of an era um yeah, I was very sad last night. Um, yeah, I think I, it was like when I was listening to my, like my current favorite song and I was pulling in and I was like, hmm, I got to get a little bit close to the pole so that I can like fit just right. Don't do that, guys. Don't get close enough to the pole. You can fix yourself when you're next to it. I mean, it's better you hit a pole than another car. Yeah, for sure. I was very What's sad, the but... Yeah, at least um, no one's dead, and I'm not paying anyone's insurance premiums. But also, um, wait, yeah, so this was basically my omen, thinking that I'm cursed for 2023, because it happened, oh. like, the day after New Year, and I told my mom this, and that's why I was so upset. And my mom was like, okay, maybe your car took all the bad luck so that you won't get any. And I was like, okay, thanks for that, mom, but, like, no, I'm going to be cursed. But anyways, I have to have positive affirmations for myself. I'm going to pretend I'm the luckiest person in the world. Um, even though in the back of my head, I know it's not true. But there's this TikTok trend right now that's doing this. So I'll try it. What do you do? Like you just pretend? You just keep saying to yourself, I'm the luckiest person in the world. And then okay. good things happen. I mean, it's kind of cute if you think about it because it's like you and your car are so like close, like you only get that type of car. So if it was truly like what your mom said is actually true in the world of like superstitions and like um, the car did take the bad luck from you, that is so adorable. Thanks, car. It truly oh. is my Lightning McQueen.
my Herbie fully loaded, my Bumblebee. That's the only car human bond I know in mainstream media. Um, What's your beef or crush of the week? So my beef of the week, and this is very, very controversial because everyone hates it and I like it. And so my beef is everybody else. So my beef this week is all the hate that is going on with Mindy Kaling because of the show Velma. And the show first came out, Jordan and I watched it on Crave and we're like, this is a pretty good show. Jordan really liked it. Although Jordan seems to really like Mindy Kaling shows, which is really interesting. Um, we watched it before like really anyone else kind of started talking about it online and stuff and we're like good show can't wait for the next episodes and then like a day later I'm on reddit and I start to see like all this like hate about the show about how cringy it is and like all these things of how it's like ruining I guess the nostalgia for people of what is like Scooby-Doo and everything because that's what the show is kind of like loosely based on I guess and like directly kind of saying how could Mindy Kaling do this and I feel like she does not deserve all of the flack that she gets like sometimes shows just don't perform that well and it's okay you're not like hating the people behind it like if Michael Schur came out with a show that wasn't like an amazing show and people hated on it would you necessarily hate him? And would you start looking back and being like, actually, everything they do is so problematic and so terrible and everything, even when it's like really not. And how like you start criticizing about like how they're not even funny, how they don't even deserve to be here, like all those things. You wouldn't because Michael is a white man. But people online are criticizing Mindy being like, you know what? Like if you look at everything she's done, she's not even that funny. She doesn't even deserve what she's gotten. She's bringing the Southeast Asian population like down with her kind of things such that no one else would be able to get a chance. And they're placing all this like blame onto her. Like she is somehow a representation of the entirety of like Southeast Asian culture. And, like, why? Like, why does she have to bear that kind of thing? It's a show. It didn't hit for some people. Maybe a lot of people, 95% of the population that are potentially watching it. But that's okay. Why are we criticizing her as a person? Like, taking away all the, like, accolades that she has. Like, she's written really funny Office episodes and things like that. And, like, why are we taking that away from her and just saying she's just not funny and she's essentially getting canceled over this even though she hasn't really done anything to warrant it yeah um i just quickly had to look up like her other involvement in velma and yes she is an executive producer but she hasn't written for like the show it's mostly her voice and i guess money that she's lending to and i guess she does have maybe like a say over what goes into the script and stuff but she's not like the main writer like the credited writer for this so yeah it is a little bit strange um i was on the side of everyone else i didn't love this show um it gave me very like adult swim cartoon vibes and uh I just feel like the characters like really lost their way and I I love Scooby-Doo and I encourage any type of diversity that people may want to bring to Scooby-Doo, but I just don't encourage this kind of diversity because it was like very two-dimensional and did not seem that fun. 
Yeah, I think it's like we're kind of talking about this. It's like why didn't like they just create their own original thing instead of like trying to base it off of like something that's already existed. But that's kind of like the trend nowadays where you're like remaking things that have already existed. And those are the type of shows or like movies that end up getting like making it through and being sold to some like television network or things like that. So it's like you can't blame them for hustling. Um, it didn't maybe work out the best and it probably would have been better if it was just this own like brand new cartoon kind of thing rather than being based on scooby-doo because a lot of the criticisms kind of like resolve reside in like that area where it's like oh you're destroying it there's like this isn't even like scooby-doo anymore so uh, i like i understand that aspect is of it but it's like the fact that like is, is she the creator of the show no nope. um let me see who it was created Charlie Grandy, who is also a frequent collaborator with Mindy. Um, like, he's been on all her shows. So it kind of sucks that Mindy is the face of it and not this white man. Um, oh, so, like, Hollywood has a lot of, like, political plays, I think, that we don't see behind the screens. And it was something I read on Reddit where it was, like, there could be a chance that if she did this, then they would greenlight another project of hers that she really wants to do. So that might be why, like, this seems so shitty. Like, you, you never really know. Um, and they brought up, like, Channing Tatum for G.I. Joe. Like, he hated the script. He hated the entire movie. But he was like, I had to do this so that I can get another movie made. So maybe play ball and then you get your thing. Um, it does suck that if that actually happened, then she's getting so much backlash. Um, and, like, she she it sucks that she's like the only like she's somehow like the brand ambassador for all southeast asian women but like i really like her to this day i hate velma i still really like her um i think she like i will always have a special place in my heart for her i think like her books oh. how like her her movies were like kind of the first I think Indian woman you saw on screen. I could be wrong. There could be more. But she was the first female lead in a funny comedy. That was exactly my sense of humor. Exactly like the things I like to watch. Um, sucks she's the burden for all of it. But gotta remember her roots. It sucks that she's not as creative maybe before. She's kind of overdoing the the Indian girl the indian trope who kind of hates herself has low self-esteem thing um so it'd be interesting to see other roles but you know what she tried something she failed we will we will let it we will forgive her because she brought oh. us the mindy project and sex and to college think, girls <laughs> i mean never have i ever is actually pretty good too like it's not bad um not bad i think my issue with it was like it's like Davy was just so toxic and so like just, like in the beginning she, everything she did was I was like oh my god well how do you choose like the worst possible thing to do all the time and then I saw like Mindy do like an acceptance speech where she talked about how like you see that Indian women don't fit into like a certain trope like Indian women can be just as like chaotic as like the white male leads you'll see like they are three-dimensional people. They make mistakes. Like, this is what I'm just trying to show through 
like my writing and like TV shows I help produce. So I appreciate that. She said it more eloquently than I'm saying it, but you get the idea. Oh, I mean, I think it's like, it's nice that it was like, you really saw the whole backstory and Davy does grow a lot as you progress through the season and through like season to season kind of thing. So it's like, there's a lot of growth that kind of goes there and you kind of do understand because of all the trauma that she's kind of went through and everything. And the fact that like, she wasn't written as like a stereotypically like Indian girl people found issue with that for some reason like the fact that she was so chaotic so problematic you might have not like blinked if it was someone who was white if you really yeah. think about it like because mm-hmm. think about all the problematic like white teenagers you see on screen that never once were you like well how could she choose the worst possible choice but because it's like her character and you understand that's her character but then with like if you take it like even the case of like Ginny and georgia where like a lot of people find issue with the choices that she makes so might just be preconceived like notions like stereotypes that we hold that we should try to actively reflect on yeah. Also, Davy is supposed to be like a 15-year-old and kids make dumb decisions. Ginny too. Dumb decisions. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I like trying to get you back into the show, I had to like keep on saying like, hey, you have to think about it in terms of she is like 14 years old. Like think about when you were 14 years old and how problematic you were. Like it's more almost more realistic about mm-hmm. how she chooses the worst possible choices because you would have chosen the worst possible choices at 14. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. That did help yeah. me get back into it. Um, and also, I think it's like... Um, I mean, I can't say like for all the other people of color out there, but like growing up predominantly white, you know, you're always made to feel like the less cool version. And Mindy, like she spoke up for all of us the less cool people of color so sorry things have changed and there's more diverse people now and they can be cool and bully the other people but still yeah it's shitty kind of like all around because it's like there are parts of her that are problematic and i'm not trying to say like oh i love her and i'll never see anything wrong with her like that like i don't think that's what we're saying because it's like parts where it's like like do you always kind of have to write like a very similar character do they always have to be like white boy obsessed but again like write what you know kind of thing it's like mm-hmm. i'm sure if i wrote something similar like if i was in a similar role as her i might write something very similar to what she does yeah i encourage mindy to develop the confidence that white men have about writing female characters i think she does like, oh. I think she does have that confidence because she is writing what she knows. And most, I guess, white men write what they know. Well, have you seen that, like, subreddit where it's, like, men writing about women and they always talk okay. about their, like, well. heaving breasts and all that stuff and, like, how they're always, like, doe-eyed or, like, those, like, yeah. tropes that women fall into, you know? Like, yeah. men know nothing about women. Mindy, try out that. <laughs> Be like for you. So, so like write a ma- like a male main character that has like huge she has no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I see. I mean, sure. I like I'm sure it won't be greenlit by any kind of uh, network or studio, but sure. <laughs> In conclusion, I don't hate Indy 
for Alma. You can hate her for other things. Yeah, and you can also hate Velma on its own without hating her if you still love her. Yeah, and I think it. I think you're only saying that for yourself, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm going to continue to watch it, and hopefully, all this hate will get it renewed for season two. Nice. What your What is your beef for crush of the week? Um, it originally started out as a beef, as I was kind of complaining to you today, but now I think it's a crush. Um, lately, my coworkers have just been like showering me in so many compliments or saying so many nice things. And at first I was like, oh my God, calm down. Like, I'm just doing my job. Like, it's fine. Because I keep saying, I'm not like trying to brag, by the way, when I say all this stuff. But I just want to like emphasize that. It's just I've never received like this many like compliments from people where they say things like, Maggie, like this is such an excellent work or like, I mean, now it sounds like I'm bragging. Okay, again, I want to preface. I am not bragging about this. Fine. Okay, okay. (laughs) It just feels so weird saying it. Um, Yeah, so basically I'm just getting like a lot of compliments today. um, And it's really weird because I don't usually get this where they're like, great, you did your job. Cool. But I think it's, it's so nice to be acknowledged because, you know, I feel like we don't take the time to say nice things to people anymore. Or maybe we do, and I don't notice, and I don't say it back to people. But I encourage, sorry, my crush is my coworkers for saying all these nice things to me. At first, I reacted with negativity because I was like, chill, it's fine. But now I'm reacting with warmth and positivity because it's so nice. And in these hard winter months, you need some nice words to warm your loins. Oops. <laughs> um... Yeah, I feel like right from the beginning, I could see why you have such a problem with like the nicety because you're you're like, okay, wait, whoa, whoa. I just want to say like, I am not <laughs> being cocky at all. Like, it's okay to brag about yourself. Like, it's fully okay. And it wasn't even you bragging about yourself. It was you talking about what other people have said to you. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think it's just like, it's like a, I think a British and an Asian thing where it's like, ugh, like, don't say, like, don't compliment people or like, don't say nice things to people. But like, why not? You know, life's too short. Be a little yeah. bit nice to someone. And I feel like you like should react and like, you should do the same to others. Like if your coworkers are doing a nice job, like, I don't think most people react in the way that you do when you receive compliments. Actually, oh. this is a problem uh, doesn't just it's not just a work-related thing i remember back in the day whenever i complimented you on anything you would spin it and make it feel very like manipulative like if i was like <laughs> oh you look really nice today you'd be like i don't look like nice every single day or yesterday or like things like that so yeah i think it's a whole like i will not accept this because i don't think it's good enough so i'm gonna push it back to you to take it back yeah. And I feel like, like, why do you do that? I don't know. We don't have time to unpack this. This isn't therapy. <laughs> the podcast. It's close enough. Yeah. But anyway, my crush is my coworkers. I really appreciate their kind words. Um, I hope to be better at accepting it. And, and you know, what's that thing people say now? Uh, double it and pass it on to the next person. I don't think that's a thing people say. I think that's just a TikTok thing or like a YouTube thing. <laughs> I want to do what the viral influencers are doing, but in my work life, in personal okay. life. 
Well, I guess that's fine. I guess that's good. I can't believe this was a sad beef. I can't believe this was the sad beef that you're referring to. No, my sad I beef thought it was... was the car originally. Oh, okay. And then I turned it okay. into an update. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, I was like, how on earth is this the sad beef? No. What is... No. Don't worry. Okay. Don't worry. We're good. Cool. Nice. Beef for you. Thanks. Moving on to our vague title of Work-Life Balance. Who is she? I don't know if it's exactly like work-life balance, but to give a little bit of context, I messaged Maggie a few days ago and I was talking about ambition and fulfillment and complacency and all those things now that we're both working women. And the longest time I've always wanted to like move up, be a director, have some kind of like leadership power, um, even middle management, you know, like little Wanda dreamed not very big uh but recently i feel like i've just gotten to a place where it's like i feel so fulfilled in my life and in my career that i don't know if i have like ambitions anymore and i don't know if it's because my ambitions have changed or if i've just gotten complacent in like what i'm currently doing and like all those like fun things that you ask yourself about when you are your 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s i don't know i'm sure it happens constantly so First question to you, Maggie, is do you feel fulfilled in your life? No. (laughs) Okay. And how, what do you think you would need to change to feel fulfilled? Um, it's kind of a hard question because I feel like, um, I need, hmm, I don't know if I'll ever reach like actual fulfillment because you're like, I think it's like waves because sometimes I'm like, wow, life is great. I'm so content with everything as it is right now. But I'm also like, hmm, this could be better. Like if I was paid more money or if I had um, maybe like a house, if I had um, that white picket fence family that I always thought about. Like, I think fulfillment is not a stage that I will reach it I think it just like comes and goes sometimes as it should humans are we're not super goal oriented we're in the moment oriented you know what I mean I feel like we're very goal oriented like we literally get born and it's like okay now you're these are all your goals that you have to achieve okay what I mean is like what do I do after I achieve those goals and I'll just feel empty inside that's why I'm like hmm it's in the moment. It comes and goes. Okay, so I guess, okay, in this period of time of your life right now, do you feel fulfilled? Um, right now, no. Why? Because I feel like I need more money in my life. Re-hitting my car into a pole. I don't think that's going to cost you that much money to fix. It was $583. It's more than I thought it was going to be, but mm-hmm, still less than mm-hmm. 1000 so... Yeah, but anyways, I think, hmm. No, I take it back. You're right. We're goal-oriented. I have, like, certain goals in my head, but also, like, goals come and go. You're right. Okay, so what are you looking to reach right now? Um, hmm. Is that a sad question, or can you not think of anything? No, I, I can think of a lot of things, but they're very, like, I don't know, they're subject, like, like, I don't know if it's, like, actually what I want, like, a high title, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that's actually, like, what I want, like you said. 
Or is this something that I think society wants from me? Or like something that will make my parents happy? I don't know. Um, A high paying job. I would love more money for my own use, but also do I just want to brag about it to my family? Um, To buy a house. I would also love that. But like, do I want actually want that? Or is that also just a flex that I'm rich enough to buy a house? To have a family. Again, do I actually want that? Or do I just want to brag that I was rich enough to have children? I mean, like, I don't know if everyone who has children has that, uh, <laughs> has that, goes through that thought process, but okay, sure. No, I actually do want children, but like, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's interesting because I had, like, I literally went through the exact same thing where it's like, do I actually want these things that, like, are like these, like, the house, the job, the money, and everything, or are they just things that have been conditioned into me that are things that I should want because it comes with a level of prestige? Like, like I'm doing my PhD and whenever I tell anyone I'm doing my PhD everyone's like wow like what are you studying like what's that like like they're so like in awe of like what I'm doing and I'm like I don't want to like break that illusion that they think of me because I like it like I indulge in their like impressiveness and everything like even though like I try to downplay it and everything like in my mind like that has given me affirmation that that is the right thing to do but that's external affirmation and validation hmm yeah i mean i know they say validation comes from within but i don't know i feel like i rely too much on external validation yeah so if you were to think about like all the goals that you have like the house the money like the titles and everything like if you really think about them do you think that they're actually things that you want in your life? Or do you think that they're truly just what society wants for you and what other people think of you? I think the high paying job and the impressive job title is what society wants for me. Because at the end of the day, a job's a job. Like that's what you, I think maybe that's what it, like such a hard time for people in their 20s because I think it's like when you go through school, like maybe like you have nothing else to compare to. Like your only goal is to graduate and get a job. And then you can't help but be like, whoa, this person makes X amount of money. This person is like a director and this is your only goal. Um, So then it's like, it's weird when you're in the real world because now you're trying to realign yourself with goals you had previously set when your environment has completely changed. You're no longer relying on the validation of your school peers because you guys were all dum-dums yeah i feel like sometimes i still compare though and i feel like some people do compare as well like oh this person out of school is making this much money or this person out of school now works in like silicon valley at google or something like that so it's like even though you're outside of that environment you still can't help sometimes like you see a job posting on like or you see a job update on linkedin you're like hmm that could have been me Mm -hmm. yeah I'm no better than anyone else. I compare myself all the time. And I compare myself to my cousins all the time. Mm. To be like, hmm, who's better right now? I know I shouldn't do that. It should be you. I know, but like, I gotta set like a benchmark for myself, you know? Like, I don't want to compare myself 
to people who like haven't finished school or like maybe weren't given the same advantages. Yeah. But it's like when people are in the same school as you or like were in university with you and like that's very easy to compare with them because you mm -hmm. guys literally mm -hmm. went through mm -hmm. the same program. Yeah. Comparing is wait, what's that phrase? Comparing is like the like the downfall or something like that. It sounds familiar, but I also have no idea. Yeah, what anyways, is. it's basically saying don't compare yourself because then you'll just be super sad all the time. Yeah, I mean, like, okay, like outside of the whole, like, you think society wants you to have a good job and have like a lot of money. Like, what are your goals? I just set all my goals. Like, <laughs> like. Like, so it's literally just the things that society wants and a house and, uh, like, children. I mean, also it's to be happy, I guess. And, like, to reach my personal health goals. Okay, fair. But, like, are are they your personal health goals or are they society's embedded? Exactly. Like Who knows? <laughs> um, I want to say, like, my, they're my personal health goals because, like, yeah, I, I don't know why it can't be tied together. Like, I want to look good. Society also wants me to look good. They somehow go hand in hand. <laughs> like, society <laughs> wants me to be a size zero. I cannot do that. But I know that um, I want to be healthier and better and obviously better looking. So, you know, society's got me there. What if society did like a whole 180 and now they're like, these people are really attractive how like how would that affect your own personal health goals mm, well i feel like because of the way we were raised and conditioned okay fair. i think it's like <laughs> to set into our head to reverse yes. all that okay you are right that is true which sucks yeah it truly does um do you think at this point in your career are happy with where you are no why but it's again i don't know if it's society or if it's me but i want to have like a really cool high up job but i also like don't really want to like you okay sorry like go on. like kind of what you were saying at the beginning like you want to be a director or maybe something like that but i'm also like hey if i'm just happy with my job and i'm okay with my pay and I don't want to do more than I already have to do. I'm comfortable where I am. That's great. Who says I have to be uncomfortable? I mean, I know you should like push yourself and like be ambitious and stuff. But some days I'm just like, you know what? I'm logging off at exactly five o'clock. My life starts now. This is great. Yeah, I'm literally in the exact same boat. I like literally feeling the exact same thing. And that is why I was like, oh, no, like, is this us being complacent or is this us discovering new goals and new fulfillments and new ambitions? I think there is like a line, but you won't know, like no one else knows the line for you. You're, you're mm -hmm. the only one who knows like when you're becoming too comfortable in a role. I think it's like when you can, when your job doesn't excite you anymore or mm -hmm. like, I don't say excite. I don't think my job like excites me, but I think it's like when I can do it so confidently. Mm. When I do a job really confidently, like man, I'm so good. I'm the best here. And then I'm like, why would I want to leave? I'm literally at the top of my thing right now, best of my game. 
But, you know, kind of like that. I think when you think that you're the best and you're becoming a little too confident and cocky, I think that's when it's time to push yourself a little bit because that's truly how you grow. But also, I'm like, hmm, I think you're okay if you do that. Like, we need an expert at all levels. Yeah. That's a thing, because it's like, not everyone can be managers or directors or whatnot, because it's like, everyone's like that, who's going to do the work? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Not, like, not saying, like, managers don't do work, but, like, it's just, it, you're, like, there's no individual contributors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It's weird, because... I every job that I've had I've always been like I can't wait for the weekend and I feel like in the role that I'm currently in like even though it's a co-op position which comes with like none of the real like like bureaucratic no that's not the word I'm thinking of none of the administrative stuff that might come with like a full-time like I don't have to do performance reviews or anything like that I don't have to set goals um I like I'm not trying to brag here like, I feel happy in what I do because it's like I like the team that I work with. I like the w- work that I'm doing. It feels very fulfilling. And, like, I look forward to the weekend because I'm like, oh, cool. I can do activities that I wouldn't do normally on the weekdays. But it's not like, oh, on Sunday night, I'm like, fuck, I have to go to work tomorrow morning. It's more so of like, oh, I might have to wake up a little bit earlier or, like, have an alarm or something like that. My alarm's at 10, so it's, like, really not the end of the world either but it's like i'm not like not looking forward to a monday that's pretty good yeah but then it's like am i being complacent am i just being like oh this is such a happy place and then it's just like i'm like losing all of my ambition to move up any higher that i'm just going to stay in this co-op role forever like i know i can't but i'm just like in the ideal world am i just going to stay there forever you know like the older generation was always like, you got to show your loyalty to the company. Stick around for at least five years. So maybe like the boomers are onto something. <laughs> Thought of staying at a company for five years gives me like hives. Wow. <laughs> and like, it's not like I have commitment issues, but I just like... I don't know. Like, I feel like I'd be so bored after five years. You never know. This kind of goes against your whole complacent I'm happy thing. Like, what if you're just happy? Like, say your current role turned into a full-time role, but you did the exact same thing and this Mm -hmm. continued for five years. Would you be okay with it? No. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's good. Now you found your, like, line, I guess. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) We found it out together. <laughs> but, and that's why a podcast is like therapy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it feels like our parents' generations, they were okay with their job. Like, they have a job. They're just happy to have it. They will continue it for the rest of their life. They don't look towards, I mean, maybe they do, like, look towards, like, job promotions or, like, growing in their career. But for the most part is, like, they will diligently work away. Like, they don't look for job fulfillment. They don't love their jobs. They're there to provide. They know life begins after work. So sad. I have, like, two things to say to that. Um, One of them is the whole, like, I think companies traded people a lot better back in the day as well. Like, 
with all the layoffs that are happening and the very like unpersonal like impersonal ways that people are getting like laid off from these giant tech companies like waking up one morning and just not having access and getting an email saying haha you've been let go like paraphrasing obviously but like it's so it doesn't seem like something that would have happened maybe like 20 30 years ago like i feel like if you're getting laid off from a company it'd just be more of like a personal experience and like i understand that like it's 12,000 people or like 20,000 people so it's like hard to sit down with every single person to have this conversation with them without it kind of leaking to everyone else that you haven't had a conversation with but it's still like i just feel like people like companies aren't treating people the same way that they used to back when like the boomers were like younger you know what i mean there's no loyalty there anymore yeah but i mean also like maybe back in the day like you could sexually harass like women and they would get away with it and like yeah their bosses would like yell at people and they get away with it now it's like it's better in that sense where like that stuff cannot fly but no you're right like they're more harsh in like a mass massacre kind of way but like in an individual way maybe nicer in a in a woke way yeah i mean it's like before i guess loyalty to a company was rewarded but nowadays like you can spend 16 20 years at a company and you'd still get like laid off with the people who've been mm-hmm. there for six months so like it doesn't matter the other thing was i watched like hassan minhaj's like other uh netflix special homecoming king um and like one of the things that he talks about is his dad is just like acceptance of racism like him being like i moved to this country so for me to have like the american dream i must pay like a racism tax so he like basically is okay with it and so like that kind of might be the same mentality that like people in that generation apply like to jobs and stuff like, there is a certain tax or something like that that kind of like go towards like i don't know company or something there's just a certain level Mm -hmm. of acceptance yeah um that's actually a really great point too because i think like in my i went to school for commerce in my program anyways like the expectation that everyone had was like the first few years after you graduate you're gonna hustle like crazy you're gonna be paid like dirt cheap and you're gonna put in like more than 40 hours of work and everyone just like accepted that and i don't know why we accepted that because it's like hey you're new they're taking advantage of you that's bad um so yeah same same but different Mm -hmm, truly um so guess it's like like i kind of had this conversation with jordan as well um like prior to like this podcast and just kind of talking about it and like the way that like might have gone this wrong so i'm so sorry jordan if if i've misrepresented what you said in any way but it was just like okay like if this is your goal if your goal is to get into like middle management or a director level it's like think about the work that they do it's like do you like would you potentially like like that work like is that something that you would do like 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 managing people building relationships like that's something that happens at that level is that something that you would think that you would like in your day-to-day um like so like thinking about it that way rather than thinking about it, the title of it all thinking about it in terms of like things that they do are they things that you would like to do in your day-to-day life it's hmm. a good point but would you like what i'd like the title way more okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean directors have a lot of work and i know like 
I mean, I, I don't know. Every organization is a little bit different with how their, their directors are treated. But I know, like, some directors will get, like, really in, like, the, you know, to the, what is it called? Like, they'll get really into the dirt. Like, they'll mm-hmm. they'll do the work and stuff. Some directors, you're right, are just, like, people managers. They just manage. I don't know if, I don't see myself managing right now because I'm, like, I'm in the dirt right now. I'm a worm. I'm working away on the little things. I just send it to them to see like how it works overall what do you think i mean like that's still thinking like but think about the work that they do would you want to do what they do so many meetings that's something that you're into no i literally don't want that i feel like so many meetings are just like this could have been an email waste of my time but i mean Think about it like this. Once you are at that level, you can say that. Like, you could be like, I am not attending this meeting. Yeah, true. I think so. Yeah, I guess it's almost like you pay your dues. This is your reward. You get the title of a director. Um, But also maybe it's like, do you think like our sense of fulfillment is almost like too jaded compared to like our parents' generation? In what way? Like the whole, they kind of saw it as you have to pay your dues. And now we're seeing it as like, hey, treat us with respect. Like you can't just do that to anyone. No, I would actually think their view is a lot more jaded than our view. Because, um, once again, as Hassan Minhaj said, like, he was born in this country. So he expects to be treated equally uh in this country in the u.s so he expects to be treated equally so he demands better than his parents ever will and i feel like demanding better what kind of changes from each generation to generation um so i think each generation's view was actually more jaded than the last generation's view and i think the fact that we think that we deserve better and like what fulfillment means is like as different to what they are it means that we're evolving as a society and we're getting better oh that's beautiful thanks Hassan Minaj and Wanda <laughs> you yeah, like highly recommend both mm-hmm, of his specials mm-hmm. it gives you a good perspective on the world and it makes you laugh yeah maybe at some point, our parents went through this too. And then they came to just an acceptance stage where they're like, I'm just going to work away now for the rest of my life. Old people are like obsessed with pensions. So this would make sense. I mean, like, I feel like it's what they saw their parents have and things like that. Because like pensions in the past were really good. Like, it's kind of just you contributed to this all your life. So it's kind of like a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You've been working towards this your whole life. But I feel like slowly pensions are getting a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just more so about, like, security, too. Like, back in the day, like, there was a lot of, like, thing like, not getting food when they were younger, maybe being poor and, like, things like that. And so there's, like, not really that sense of security. But, like, us who have grown up with, like, maybe better circumstances feel a lot more secure in, like, the base already. So then we just we're striving for more. Mm never got there so if we think about things in like a maslow's hierarchy but like (laughs) 
placing everything on the hierarchy. (laughs) Would you rather work your life to get the pot of gold at 65 or have it kind of sprinkled throughout your life? Mm, I feel like this is hard because on one hand, you know that marshmallow test where it's like you if you wait to the end, the reward is better and you get more. Is that also the case here? Is it the same amount? Like it sprinkled the same amount? Okay. Same. I think I would rather have it sprinkled throughout my life because like sometimes you just have like really low lows. And I feel like if I'm constantly waiting for like to retire, which I am, um, just like, what if you die? Like, what if you just mm-hmm. die before like 64 or something mm-hmm. and then you just never get your pot of gold? Yeah. But you? Um, yeah. I lack a lot of willpower, so sprinkled along my life. <laughs> and Wait, yeah, oh. <laughs> I mean, not, not that I lack willpower, but it's like, you know, every year I need like some sort of incentive to get me through the year. Whereas like, what am I looking forward to? If I'm only looking forward to 65, um, that's going to be a really long wait. I don't have that long. I mean, like, you are the person who is like, I need a little treat to get me through the week. Oh my so. god, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why you expected me to wait till 65. <laughs> yeah. I do. Like, so in the marshmallow test, like, picture if you were a child again. Do you think you would have taken the first marshmallow? Honestly, I don't really like marshmallows that much, so. Okay, let's say it was, like, something you actually enjoyed as a child. Like, you really <laughs> wanted this as a child. Would you think you'd take it right away, or do you think you'd wait? If they told me that they'll double it, I probably, I think I would wait, but I want to say that I would wait back then as a child. I understood delayed gratification. Oh, so now, as an adult, you don't understand this? Well, they're not going to tell me for sure it's being doubled. Like, I have money already aside for my pension that gets taken out every paycheck. So, like, is it really going to matter if I spend my money now? Hmm. Well, I guess it's more so like, how about this? What if you didn't have a pension? What if like you had two options? You had one, which was like contributing to a pension periodically throughout your life. um, Or would you rather just have the money now? Ooh, I talk about this with Nick a lot because it's equivalent of like if your parents had an inheritance and they wanted to give it to you now versus later. But I don't need a house now. Like, yes, that money could be great and change my lifestyle, but like, I don't need that. But I guess I could also wait. Wait, wait until I, I retire and get more money? You basically get more money now, but then you don't have as much money when you retire. Ooh. I don't know what's going to happen. I guess that's what it is. This is why you should have money put away just in case, because you don't know what's going to happen when you're 65. Some people age poorly. I might be one of them. Yeah. I'd rather just die. Yeah. (laughs) When do you think you will reach the point of fulfillment? I feel like I'm fulfilled now. Like, I feel like there is things I want, of course, in my life that, but I don't know if they'll make me any happier than this point in my life right now like I don't feel like I'm reaching for anything I mean it'd be nice to be able to fly first class to Asia and thinking about that a lot recently um 
it's like me not having a first class ticket to Asia or being able like in a space to do that like I don't feel like I'm not fulfilled mm-hmm. it's fine yeah. like life goes on and I am happy I feel like like relationship with my parents are decent right now um like relationship with Jordan's good friends work everything like there's nothing that I'm wishing for more I guess that's good not to brag (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess when you put it that way I'm good now too I mean there's always you're right there's always stuff that I'm gonna want I don't need (laughs) all of them I am very grateful of where I am right now in life (laughs) but yeah a little more money wouldn't help. I mean, a little more money would help. Like, it wouldn't, like, it would make it, would I be, like, a lot happier, a lot more fulfilled? I don't know. To find out, someone sent me a million dollars. That's not even that much anyways. I could easily spend that. Yeah. It's goddamn inflation. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. It's, it's strange because it's, like, I do think about, about, like, when I was at, like, LinkedIn and stuff and I was making quite a lot of money for like what I was doing as like an intern and stuff but it's like was I happier then or happier in this co-op role and I don't think I was that happy then I was stressed out a lot I was not really fulfilled in what I was doing and like but again insight is 2020 Mm -hmm. I guess you won't know until you've actually been fulfilled That you weren't actually fulfilled before, which is a little bit alarming because, like, what if in the future I'm like, oh, wow, I'm now fulfilled. Like, Mm. back in the day, I was not fulfilled. Yeah. But I'm also kind of like, will I ever get to a point where I truly, like, love my job? Or is that really dangerous to love your job? Well, it depends. What do you mean by, like, love it? Like, you feel so fulfilled by your job. Like, you, I guess, like it brings you so much joy to work i think it becomes a problem when you lose your job like if you lose yeah. your job and then you're like holy shit my life's purpose my one true love has now now gone and you don't yeah. really have like other areas of fulfillment but if you also love other areas of your life like losing your job is going to suck but it's not the be all and end all then i think it's okay mm-hmm. it sucks that job fulfillment takes up such a large portion of your life. And so I think it's okay not to be fulfilled in your job. Like, whole, like, myth of the dream job and everything like that. Like, I think it's okay if you find something that you just, like, do 9 to 5 or whatever hours that you work and you find fulfillment in other areas of your life. I don't think you mm-hmm. need to find fulfillment in your job. Yeah. Um, For me, anyways, I think the hardest part was just coming to terms that I'm not supposed to absolutely love my job and that I will not get promoted just for doing my job. Like, I want more Mm. for myself, yes, but also, like, I always compare myself to other people and I see, like, on LinkedIn, they get promoted or, like, a new job title after, like, one year or something and I'm like, how come I didn't get that? So, don't compare yourself to other people and be happy and do your best. But also, I'm like, oh, is this what society wants from me? Is this just a capitalistic agenda just shoving itself down my throat? Usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 
you know what? Still good reflecting about who we are as people. Mm-hmm. I agree. And we hope that you also reflect about who you are and ask yourself those questions. Is this what I truly want or is it just a capitalistic society shoving things down our throats? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, join us next time for another episode of Apologetically Me. But in the meantime, go like us and follow us on social media, TikTok, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. And go like us and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And come back next Thursday for another episode. Bye. Bye.